Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. again and uh, we're really excited that you're here today if you're visiting with us in this very very different week isn't it Um, I mean my goodness a lot of us we've been attached to the news we've been following every breaking moment and uh, I know even in this place or even watching online um, we're a little kind of a little bit scattered a little bit aren't we our our, our, what we thought was up right now is down and if you uh, are watching the stock market the last couple of weeks a lot of fear and anxiety start to creep in Um, it has just been one of those weeks where in life in our community what has always been the norm has now been shaken What you thought would never happen in our community or in our lives we would never see, we're starting to see. In fact, I was talking to someone yesterday. I said, you know, when you think about through our livelihoods, those key moments in the history of mankind that we talk about in our history books, this is going to be one of those times because we're seeing something that we've never really seen in our lifetime happen within our community. But what's great to know this today is is that God knew that this was going to happen. God's still in control. God still has a plan. And today we're going to talk about when we find ourselves in in moments where we start to get fearful, start to get anxious, um, we're going to take a look at where we stand. Because sometimes the issue might not necessarily be with regards to what's happening around us. The issue might be happening within our heart and within our location. And I'm going to explain that in just a few minutes. Uh, If you were here last week, we began a new message series entitled Lost and Found. And we said last week, Jesus was telling a story about a lost sheep, and he was talking about his father. And we, we saw insight into the character of the heavenly father, because the character of the heavenly father was that he would search for his lost sheep until he finds the sheep. And so we said last week that for those of us that feel far, far away from God, distance from God, God doesn't care about me, God doesn't love me, God doesn't like me, we saw right away that Jesus says, no, 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 that's not my father. That my father is the good shepherd and the father will seek you no matter how far you stray. And not only will he find you, but when you turn to him and when he hears your cry, he will take you, he will put you on his shoulders and he will carry you back to the safety of the flock. And it was so refreshing last week to see that. And Jesus then tells a story about the lost coin and how hard you're going to seek to try and find that lost coin. And then he's going to pivot and tell one of the most famous passages of scripture, one of the most famous parables within the Bible called the prodigal son. And we're going to unpack the prodigal son over the course of the next three weeks. Type A's, get excited. Here we go. This is where we're going. We're going to start today, and we're going to take a look at the role of the loving father, and we're going to unpack his role within this story. Next week, we're going to look at the prodigal son, and all my prodigals watching online up on the balcony or on the floor, we're going to be talking directly to you. And the prodigal is a great story of those that have lost their way. And then we're going to take a look at the older brother, the older brother in the story, a little bit later in the story, and we're going to look in week three. So over the course of the next three weeks, we want you to tune in, whether we are here meeting together or whether we're watching online, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to unpack this story. So Jesus picks it up, and I want to pick it up at the beginning of the prodigal son. This is in Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. Here we go. He says, to illustrate this point further, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his dad, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. 
So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, let me tell you something just to make sure that you understand. During the context of the day that the people sitting around Jesus, when they heard this story, here's how they heard it. That the younger son went ahead and looked to the father and said, I want my inheritance now. Here's what that meant in those day and age. Dad, I don't respect you. Dad, I know this is uncommon. Dad, I know this usually means that I'm supposed to get my inheritance when you die, but you know what? I'm so unhappy. I don't like the way that you're running the estate. I don't like the control over over the estate. I don't like your control over my life, and so I'm done with you. I want you dead now, and I want my inheritance. That's what the people would have heard Jesus saying. Now, let me also kind of paint the picture because those of us in this room, finances are a real thing, aren't they? We've been watching the stock market the last two weeks, and we've been going up, and we've been going down, and we've been starting to be fearful and panicky. Well, here's what that meant to the dad. That meant that the father would have had to sit there and said, which he did, I'm going to right now sell part of my estate because, watch this, the older brother, by Jewish law and everything else in context and culture, would have received upon the father's death two-thirds of the inheritance of the estate. That means the younger brother would have received one-third of the estate, which means that in order to receive one-third of the estate, the father had to be able to cash out to be able to give him the estate. So you can imagine the father hearing this, loves his son, breaks his heart, but goes ahead, sells off part of the estate to give his younger son one-third of the resources. How do you think that made the father feel? Those of you that have 401Ks, those of you that are watching the stock market, it would have been like when the market crashed 1,000 points. I want my money and I want it now, so you need to sell now. What do you mean sell? I'm going to lose everything. This is crazy. What are you talking about? But that's what the father did. Could you imagine the older brother? The older brother is sitting there, he's working the land, he's saying, hey, dad, you're doing the right thing, I want to do the right thing, and he looks at his younger brother being selfish, and all of a sudden the younger brother says, I want you to be foolish, sell off some of the property, and the, and the older brother's got to go, what are you talking about? You are limiting our potential for our future. If we sell off some of the property and give off the money, that is going to impact my future, my inheritance, and my wealth. But the younger brother said, I want it now, and I wish you were dead. And sure enough, that happens. Do you know what the younger brother was saying? The younger brother does what I do all the time. Because all of us right now, we're being those good Christians. We read our Bibles and the pastor says this and we go, I'm not the younger brother. I would never do something like that. How dare that younger brother? And then we're reminded of what it really means. Here's what he did. He said, Dad, you own everything right now. You own the estate. You are in control of the decisions. You're in control of everything that happens, and I live under your protection. I want my own decisions. I want my own money. I want to own it. I want to make the decisions. I want to live my life the way I want to live it, and I don't want to follow you anymore. Guess what, Christians? We do that every day. Do you know this in this room, that God owns your 401K? Do you know that God owns your health? That everything we have is a gift from God. If you have an amazing talent as a business leader, if you have an amazing talent as a musician, guess what? That is not your talent, that's God's. Because everything under the sun, all that is good comes from God. Do you know that your kids are not yours? Do you know that kids are a blessing from God? 
And when we realize that, here's what we realize. When we live under God's protection, we live with an open hand, which means that, God, everything is yours. So those of us watching the stock market and going panicking because my money is going down, it's not your money, it's his money. And let me tell you something, that when we understand that principle and when we understand a life with hands open, that we realize we are just managers in this world. We are not owners of anything. When we realize that, here is what we understand biblically, that our Father is faithful, that our Father loves us. And I want to show you what in Philippians 4.19, I want to show you this. How is God going to take care of those of his kids that understand that principle? Take a look at this. He says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Those of you that are panicking right now over your resources, they're not yours, they're his. And guess what? Your father loves you, and out of his glorious riches, he will provide for your wants. No. But he will make sure that you have all that you need. And for some of us in this room, we needed to hear that today. For those of us scared about our health, or God owns it all. He has my life. And at the end of the day, how many of you thought we were in control? How many of you after the last two weeks realized you are not in control? We continue the story, Luke 15, 13. A few days later, this younger son, he packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. Now, as we look at this, I want to give you a visual of what this younger younger son did. Here's this younger son, and this younger son is standing behind the fence. This represents the boundary of the father's protection. This represents the boundary of the father's love, that when I stand on this side of the fence, I am receiving constantly the protection and the guidance of our heavenly father. When you live in the area of land where the father's protection is, when you stand under the guidance of the father, you don't have to worry about your needs. You don't have to fear markets crashing. You don't have to fear disease spreading. You don't have to do that because you realize my life is not mine, it's his. And the father knows best. He is yesterday, today, and forever. Does he know what's going to happen in May? Yes. Does he know what's going to happen in April? Yes. I had people telling me yesterday, like, Pastor Terry, what if we can't have Easter services? I looked, I said, is God still on the throne? Yes. God has a plan. And my job is not to try to be God, but my job is to live under his protection, on his property, in his estate, and to listen and to follow what God really wants. Now, let me show you something. The younger son, what did he do? He decided, I no longer want to be on this side of the boundary. I don't want to be on this side of the fence. And so the younger son went ahead and he said, see ya. Now, let me ask you a question. What side of the boundary are you on? Right now, if you were to look at your life, the way that you look at your resources, the way that you look at your time, the way that you look at your kids, the way that you look at everything that you have, let me ask you a question. Are you living on this side of the fence where you realize it all comes from him and he supplies all of my needs to his glorious riches? Or are you living over here that says my kids are mine, my 401k is mine, my health is mine, my house is mine, everything is mine? Which side of the fence are you on? Ouch. I used to never want to identify with the prodigal son, but I've got to be honest with you. I think I find myself on this side of the fence more than I realize. And then here's what I love about this story. 
It's with every decision I make, watch this, every decision I make is either gonna put me on this side of the fence or this side of the fence. And it all depends on how you filter that decision. You see, there's a boundary within every decision. The boundary rests between what God wants and what we want. And control dictates what side of the boundary you want to be on. When all of a sudden it becomes a decision on finances. Okay, finances. God, what do you want me to do with this? And all of a sudden, God gives you wisdom and discernment and says, look, I know everybody is saying this, but here's what I want you to do. Yeah, but God, you know what? I saw a different strategy and a different, and you know what? And my friends and my neighbor, and you know, my dad said this and this and this, so I think I want to come over here. When you do that, you take control away from the Father and you make decisions. How many of you business leaders know the right thing to do, the right way to act above reproach, but culture looks at you and says, if you make that decision, you're going to lose out. You have to stay ahead of your competition. And so sometimes you've got to cut corners. Everybody does it. So this is not about right or wrong. This is just about being smart. And so you need to cut corners. And by cutting corners, your business is going to stay alive and you're going to thrive. So I know what, you know what the Bible says, but let's be honest. The Bible is outdated. It says, you know, so you need to be wise. And some of us, we go, yeah, that sounds good. Culture says, friends says, all of this, my financial advisor, so I'm going to make a decision. When you do that, you say, God, this is mine, and with what is mine, I'm going to control it, and I'm going to make the decision. And guess what the younger brother did to his dad? I don't want your way. I want my way. And I want to control everything. In the moment of selfishness, we tell God we want to own it all. We want to own our decisions. We want to own our relationships. We want to own our resources. And we want to own our kids. What side of the fence are you on? Ow. Now let me tell you about choosing what side of the boundary to be on. I want to describe both areas. Because sometimes we forget what it's like to live in the protection of God. James writes in scripture and decides what this area looks like in the protection of our heavenly father. I want you to see this. He says this, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Now I want you, you visual people, I want you to picture this. In my father's house, on his estate, there is a constant light that is being shown. Do you know when outside today as the sun moves, you're going to see the shadows begin to shift, right? You're going to see the trees blow in the wind and you're going to see those shadows shifting, right? You're going to see nighttime come and you're going to see the shadows overtake, right? In my father's land and in the area, it is a constant light. In other words, there are no deep, dark shadows for me to fear. There is not the unknown. There is constant. It's continuous. You see, my father is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I live under his protection, I don't have to struggle with worrying about how God is going to react. Because the truth is, God is never changing. His principles are always the same. And so there's comfort in knowing that I could be here under the light that doesn't change. Do you know what I like to call this side over here? 
This land where I live most of my life on is called the land of shifting shadows. Say that three times. No, I'm just kidding. The land of shifting shadows. Do you want to know what exists in the land of shifting shadows? Imperfection. Lack of consistency. Do you know what else? Disease. Financial upheaval. Fear and anxiety. Death. What has the last two weeks been like for our lives? How many of you have been panicking every single day as you turn on the news? How many of you feel a weight like an elephant sitting on your back? If that's you, guess where I think you might be? And guess where I think I've been? The truth is, is when we leave the protection of the Father and we leave the truths of the Father, we find ourselves in the land of shifting shadows. And this young son who ran and squandered all of his money, he finds himself there. And I don't want you to miss this. Watch this. The younger son wanted control. And so he controlled everything. When you control everything, we usually have our plan of what we think is going to happen because we're in control, right? Let me ask you a question. How many of you thought if I would have told you three weeks ago that all schools would be closed, that all activity, sporting activities would be canceled? How many of you, if I told you the NBA season, the NHL season, and Major League Baseball would all shut down in the same week? How many of you would have laughed me off this stage? That'll never happen. Are you kidding? That's because we think we're in control. But guess who's still in control? The God, the creator of the universe, is still in control. And so let me show you what happens to this young boy who goes out and squanders all that he owns. And let's see what happens to him. Take a look in Luke 15, 14. About the time his money ran out, guess what came? A great famine. And it swept over the land. And he began to starve. You see, when we control things, we don't plan as if we're out of control. We plan as if we know everything that's going to happen. And when you plan that way, you find yourself living in the land of shifting shadows. And when you plan that way, you live a reckless life. Now, I can tell you, God loves it when we're reckless in one area, but it's not our lives. God loves reckless faith, but not a reckless life. God loves it when we say, in the face of what culture says would be the right decision, I'm going to choose my father's protection. He is unchanging. And though it might look like I might lose out to culture, I'm going to come on this side of the boundary, and I'm going to live in his light, his protection, and I'm going to be steady, and I'm going to win the race instead of trying to cut corners and try to outsmart and outthink God. And when we're reckless in faith as opposed to our lives, God can do amazing things. So for those of us that right now say, dang, Terry, I think I'm living in the land of shifting shadows. How long are you going to hold on for? How long are you going to live in the shadows? How bad does it really have to get? And that's what the young son found himself. In fact, it says, and next week we're going to dive into the young son a little bit more, so I can't give away too much. But it says he came to his senses. He woke up on the land of shifting shadows and said, this is not as good as I thought it was going to be. And all of a sudden, he says, you know what? I want the protection of the Father. And so in Luke 15, 20, we pick the story up. So he returned home to his father. 
And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion. I don't want you to miss this. I'm going to read it again. Heavenly Father was filled with love and compassion. And he ran to his son, he embraced him, and he kissed him. Now, I grew up in Melrose Park, Illinois. My dad, Marine, tough. At 80 years old, if I took him on in a fight, he would win, hands down, trust me. That was my dad. We had a rule that I was to be within the block. This was, but those of you that are you know, over the age of 30, I, I'm going to tell you about a different time. Back in the 70s, we had a block, and as long as I stayed on the block, I could be out until the sun went down. And as the sun was beginning to set, I would hear my dad's very strong whistle. He could whistle like anything. He could whistle anything. And he would whistle louder than you can imagine, and I could hear it anywhere on that block. And when I heard it, I needed to come. There was one day when I broke the rule and I went outside of that protection that my dad gave. And I went across the street and I found myself at the park, which I shouldn't have been at. And it was starting to get late, but I thought to myself, well, the sun's not setting yet, so dad won't be whistling yet, so I can hang out here a little longer until I come back. So as the sun's getting lower, I decide with my friends, hey, it's time to get back to the other side of the boundary. So we went ahead and we came to the other side of the boundary. And as I crossed the street, I looked in front of my house and guess what I saw? I saw my dad there with his arms crossed on the front porch waiting for me. Now, I want to tell you something. He was filled with something, and it wasn't love and compassion. And I can tell you something, that when I saw him from a distance, everything in me wanted to say, you know what, the smart decision right now, let's just go. I mean, we got no money. We got, you know what, it's okay. I'll I'll just figure it out. You know what, anything looks better than what's sitting on the front porch right now. And only out of extreme fear for my life, and I'm not kidding, did I walk slowly to my father's yard? And guess what my father did? He made me walk all the way to the front of his face. He didn't come running in the yard for me. He just stood there. And I walked up in front of my father. And my father lit into me. I, I cried I had to go visit the tree in the backyard. If you're under the, over the age of 30 or under the age of 30, you have no idea what I'm meaning. Just talk to someone that's elder. Just do it from three feet, social distance. You know what I'm saying? But it was one of the worst days of my life. And my father warned me about living in the land of shifting shadows. But it wasn't through love and compassion. I think that's sometimes what we think God is. I think there are many of us that picture God like my earthly father. And don't get me wrong, I love my earthly father and I'm thankful for the discipline he gave me. But that's not our heavenly father. You see, our heavenly father already knew that I was over at the park and outside the boundary. My heavenly father was watching me from a distance. And my heavenly father didn't have to worry or wonder where I was because he knew where I was at all times. And so for some of us in this room, When we run from God and we take control of our lives, the minute we come to our senses, 
we turn and we imagine a heavenly father that's on the front porch that has his arms crossed and with his finger like this. And that causes a lot of us to not return to the Father. In fact, what we do is we double down and we say, okay, I can't go back to God because I've done too many mistakes. And so what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try a different strategy in the land of shifting shadows to see if I can double down and make my life better. And then what usually happens? Famines hit. The unknown happens. And we find ourselves in a position where we never thought we would be. And we come to the worst place in our life when we finally... When our marriages are crumbling, when our finances are crumbling, when we have so many issues, we finally wake up and we go, you know what the truth is? I need to go back to my father. Now, that's what the young son does. And I want you to never forget this picture of what Jesus said his father would do. You see, the heavenly father was standing on his estate And I imagine this fence, I don't know why, that's why I got this fence, because I love this fence, because I imagine God standing with the white fence looking out in the horizon. And it says that the father was looking out. And the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament said this about what our father is filled with. Take a look. The Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his what? His love and compassion. Did you know that Jesus, in telling that story, referenced the prophet Isaiah and confirmed what the prophet Isaiah said hundreds of years earlier in the Old Testament to say, you want to know the character of God? He is not filled with vinegar and something else. He's filled with love and compassion and cannot wait for his children to come home. And so God is sitting there and he looks out and he sees the son that told him he'd rather me be dead who took all the fortune and ran off and squandered it in full embarrassment. He sees them. And here's what I love. The heavenly father didn't stand here like this. Do you know what the heavenly father did? The heavenly father, with joy in his heart, he ran as fast as he could and he embraced the son. And he made sure that the son knew, I am filled with love and compassion. And I don't care what you've done. You've come home. You've looked at me and said, Dad, I want your way, not mine. I don't want to handle this stock market anymore. I don't want to handle my business anymore. I don't want to handle my kids anymore. I don't want to handle my health anymore. I've been trying to live in the shifting shadows and every week it's a roller coaster of emotions. When a doctor says it's gonna be good and the next week he says it's gonna be bad, I'm going up and down. When the markets go up, one day I feel better and they go down the next, I'm feeling terrible. When I see sickness at my door and I wonder the worst, I'm going crazy. So God, I don't want it anymore. I wanna come over back to your side of the fence and I want your peace. God's love and Compassion can pierce through a crashing market, deadly disease, and the worst anxiety. And it's time to let go. It's time to come home. You know, I've said this before in my past. My greatest fear that when I finally decide I'm not going to live here anymore and I'm going to come home, my greatest fear in life is not that God would ever put his hand on me. My greatest fear in life in the land of shifting shadows is that God would take his hand off of me. It's time for all of us to begin to live in the land that our Father has his protection over. So what side of the fence are you on today? 
Do you have a lot of weight on your shoulders? Are you stressed? And if that's you, then I want to lead us in a time of prayer. It's a little crazy right now, isn't it? So why don't you close your eyes and let's just have a time of prayer. Father, thank you that you're a God filled with love and compassion. And God, it's hard for some in this room to believe that. And so God, I pray against the enemy where two or more are gathered, you are present and where you are, you are constant, you are ever changing, you are never changing, you are a constant light. And so God, where light is, the darkness can't show itself. So God, right now, I just thank you that you're here and that we are under your protection. And in this room right now, with all hearts focused on you, God, we wanna tell you that God, we want to come back home God, we don't want to go up and down with the craziness of this world anymore. God, we lift up our relationships with our spouse, with our family, with our kids, and we say, God, take them. They're yours. They're not mine. God, we take our finances and we say, we're done watching the stock market going up and down. Instead, we're going to trust that you have a plan. It's yours anyway. And God, right now, I thank you that because we stand in your presence, that we are in your control. And so God, right now, we offer our hearts and we say, God, lead us. God, we don't want the keys anymore. Take them. And God, I pray that today, that tomorrow, that instead of being a church, because it's not a building, it's the people, instead of being a church that lives fearful life, that as Tangina said, while we have fear, we have a trust that you are in control and we are going to, by faith, live recklessly in faith, following whatever you call us to do. So God, right now, we're home. Thank you for your arms. Thank you for your love. And may the enemy never tell us that you are not looking out in the distance when we stray. God, we love you today and we bless you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to encourage you today. Don't walk out those doors. Don't turn that TV on and snap right back to the land of shifting shadows. I want to encourage you that the minute you feel that weight hit your shoulders, I want you to remember who is in control. And it is him who knew this was coming. And so God, teach me. I want to tell you this. This is a great opportunity. And I mean this. Families, do you realize probably in the next few weeks, we are going to have so much discretionary time giving back to our families. We're not going to have baseball games to go to. We're not going to have after school activities to go to. Instead, it's like God said, you know what, guys, you've gotten so crazy. I'm going to put a pause on life. And I'm going to tell you to take a basket. I'm going to tell you to take your phones. I'm going to tell you to put them in a basket, put it on the side, sit around a table, have a meal together, encourage one another, love with one another, and communicate with one another. So maybe, just maybe, this is a blessing in disguise that we all get the opportunity to be able to connect. And as we do, I'm going to ask you to be wise. Don't walk around and go, my God's in control, so I'm going to lick every doorpost in my building. Don't do that. He's giving you a brain. Don't do that. We're going to do things a little bit differently today just for being wise.
And so as you exit today, we're not gonna take the offering like we normally do. We're gonna have our hosts standing by the doors and at the sides. And as they do, they're gonna have their offering plates. And I'm gonna tell you something, I'm gonna gonna share this. I was living in the land of the shifting shadows this week like most business orders going, oh gosh, we can't have church for a few weeks, different things like that. We have budgets, we have families, we have a childcare center, we have all these things. And all of it came crashing on my doorstep. And do you know what God did to me? I think it was Thursday night. God reminded me of my message. And he said, Terry, where are you living? And I said, oh, great. Way to go, God. Throw it in my face. Appreciate it. But then it reminded me of who the church is. Did you know this in history? Lean in just a little bit. This is interesting. I know I'm a history geek, but lean in because you're going to like this. Do you know during one of the worst plagues in Europe, back during the medieval times, do you know it was documented and it, it was stated that the leaders described the situation as people were leaving the city centers in droves. And then it said the leaders in the town caused panic because the leaders closed up their homes and they left the people for fear that they would die. So they left their communities behind and the people started panicking. What are we going to do? And it said that as the leaders left, guess who came in? The Christians. And the writer described and said, we have to watch out for these shrewd Christians. Because without fear of their own lives, they rushed into the cities. And it says that they won the hearts of the people in the towns. If you ever wonder through history how Christianity came to be where it is today, it's because people learned what it meant to be the church in a crisis situation. And obviously, we're in a crisis right now. And so here's what I would tell you. I want to encourage those of you in our church to remember that it's his. Your resources are his. I'm going to encourage you to be faithful, like God called us to. We might or might not meet next week. We don't know. We're going to watch the news, and we're going to find out, and we're going to make sure we're okay. But I will tell you this, whether we meet or not, we will still be worshiping because if I have to be in here by myself, I'll be in here by myself. And you can watch online. And those of you, you can also give your tithe and your offering. You can text the word Ocean View. And I encourage everyone to try that because of situations just like this. And it's not because we want your money. It's because I know this. You don't give to a church. You give to God because it's already his. And that's what he's called me to. And so it's not because I want you to give because of the church. I want you to give because God calls you to give. But here's one thing more that I want to do. I want you to give so that way we can give back. And here's what I'm saying. I know there are members in our church that in the next few weeks, you're going to be struggling. And we have a benevolent system and process set up in our church. And we have individuals that review all the time based on what we have and based on the need. And what I want to tell you is this, is that we want to be the church in your life. And so as you struggle financially in the next couple of months, I want you to contact our office. I want you to let us know of your need. We believe in not giving in handouts. We believe in giving hand up. And what a hand up is, is bridging you from one point to a next. And we believe that. And so we want to be that in your life. And so we want to encourage you. If you have a need, if you need an electric bill, which thankfully they're not going to shut your power off, but if you have a bill or something that you need paid and helped with, I want you to encourage you to contact the church office and we will review it like we do all the time. But here's one thing that I would tell you. If God has blessed you here in our church because he has opened his hand of goodness to your life, then he's called on us, those of us that don't have fear of that need to be able to give in a time of crisis.
And so I want to encourage those of you that have capacity, if God lays it on your heart, I not only want you to give your tithe, but I want you to give above your tithe so that we can be ready to be able to meet the needs of our community when they come in. Here's what I promise. We have a strong process and system. We don't just give money out to anybody. We want to make sure that we're meeting actual needs in our community. And I want us as a church to be a light for those in this community to help. And so I'm going to challenge you today to pray and say, God, what would you have me do? And I'm going to pray that every Christian steps up that can and says we want to be a part. So as you walk out today, our ushers and our hosts will be standing by, and I encourage you to go ahead and to give, and to give as God calls you to give. Now, this week, enjoy your family time. Stay close to social media. Stay close to email. We will let you know if we have a schedule change and If you're asking me, Terry, do you think we will? Yes, I do think we will. But keep in tune. Pray for your church as we pray for you. Because here's the great thing about God. When I'm living here, no matter what is thrown my way, I'm good. And our community needs to see Christians live a life as if they're under the protection of our Heavenly Father. I pray that God bless you today. We're going to change things up, and we're just going to say, have an amazing Sunday. Give an elbow. Wash your hands with soap for 20 seconds. And Italians out there, you got to stop hugging people. I'm just saying. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.